Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode five of Second Act Actors, a podcast that celebrates people who've made a major life and or career change into acting. I'm your host, Janet McMorty, and I was and still am a medical doctor and decided to pursue acting. Today, my guest is Carrie Kwong. Carrie had a corporate role in advertising before her acting career, and we talk about everything from emotional health to limiting beliefs to Groupon acting classes. Every actor needs to hear her story. She also flips the interview and starts asking me questions. Now, as an aside, there were mega tech issues with this episode. It didn't record Carrie. It recorded my stupid face just fine, but Carrie got the shaft. Luckily, this program records and and does a backup to the backup to the backup. So with some magic editing skills and my online tech friend, Jackie, things are A-OK. It looks and sounds a bit different, but the story is there. Enjoy. How are you? I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Freezing. Freezing. Yes, it is too cold today. Although I'm a crazy person and I still got an iced coffee. Hey, whatever works. That is a little crazy. It tastes delicious. And my home is warm, so it balances out. It balances out, right? For sure. (laughs) So I'm so excited to have you on my podcast web series, whatever I'm calling it. I have no idea. You and I have not really met, but I think we met on Clubhouse is what I was trying to remember. Yes. I think that's where it was. Yeah. I remember you speaking on Clubhouse and then I just turned into the usual thing, just stalking you on Instagram. (laughs) And you're like, oh, you're like, I mean, I was so into it. Yeah. I'm so into that. Yeah. Clubhouse. What a time. Yeah. Is Is that still like popular with people? I don't know. I haven't been on in a while, but yeah, it was huge there for that hot minute during the pandemic. An incredible resource for actors and everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. My agent had said that. He was like, get on Clubhouse. There's so much free information and like really interesting people talking on there. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. But then, yeah, I feel like everyone kind of dropped off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Well, again, I think as the world opened up, everyone was going, oh, we can also do this in person in a lot yeah, of places, yeah. <laughs> except for here in Canada. I think all the people in the States were like, yeah, we're done with Clubhouse. But us Canadians well, were like, no, no, we're still locked down. Yeah, exactly. Well, especially Ontario, because oh we're a special bunch. We are a special bunch, <laughs> and it's frigid, and we're locked down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I always like to start with, tell me about your life before you started acting. What were you up to? Yeah, so I have always loved acting but I was always plagued by imposter syndrome Mm. and being like I can't actually do that so I actually went to school for business and marketing and the last 10 years I had an advertising career and I most recently was an account director at a global advertising agency here in located an office in Toronto. And that means that my primary role was managing client relationships, but overseeing projects from briefing from a client through creative development and production all the way to launch. And that's what I did for 10 years, kind of started off as an intern, moved up the levels and loved it for a very, very, very long time. But actually when I came out of school and started as an intern, I remember I saw a Groupon, Groupon was a thing, back then. Oh, yes, Groupon. Right? $40 for improv classes. And I was like, okay, Carrie, you could spend the $40. And if you hate it, it was just $40. But if you love it, this is just like the first step. And of course, I loved it. So from there, you know, I was doing a lot of just taking classes and whatnot, but really as a hobby, you know, I didn't think that it was possible for me to actually pursue it as an actual career. But I'm very excited to say that actually was when I finally resigned from my ad job, because now I am moving into acting full time as my career. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Thank you. How was that? Is it terrifying? How are you feeling? It still hasn't really hit me. Yeah. Because even as of this morning, I still had a previous coworker texting me being like, 
we're having this issue. I need the history on this. How do I fix this? (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, so I haven't actually left. Okay. Yeah, not really. But no, yeah, it was extremely terrifying. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I've been thinking about for years, really, you know, and it really stemmed from the fact that because I was very much like treating it as a hobby for a very long time, like I would take classes every single week, but never, you know, go beyond that. You know, my acting coach would be like, why aren't you getting headshots? And I'd be like, I can't do that. Me? Get headshots? No, 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 no. I can't do that. But I was still like performing and people would be like, there's something in you. You've got a spark and you've got a desire to tell stories and and perform. And my coach was the one that said, like, you know, you've got one foot in each of these worlds. And at some point, you're going to have to make a decision if you want either one of those to truly flourish, because I wasn't giving 100% into either of them, truly. I mean, I was definitely giving more into my advertising career, but then not really being, giving my all to acting. Not really. I always kind of said to myself, yeah, I am. I can make this work, you know. But I know me and my coach knew me, knows me. And he was like, no, no, you're going to have to decide. And yeah, it's funny because I didn't even get headshots. I actually only kind of stumbled upon getting my agent at the beginning of the pandemic. But from there, I was like, okay, this is turning into a real thing. And I just came off of a pretty successful 2021, I would say, all things considered. And it finally gave me the confidence to be like, okay, this thing I've been thinking about of could I ever pursue acting as a career? And not just acting, I've always had a lot of interest in production, creation, filmmaking, really just being on a set in front of or behind the camera. You know, I was like, it's time to take the leap. Let's do it. And yeah, still hasn't really hit me. But it's been pretty nice not having to wake up and sit down, well, at home for my office job every morning. So it's kind of freeing, but also very strange. And I feel very much like untethered, trying to figure out what this new way of life is supposed to be or supposed to look like. But it's very exciting. (laughs) That is really exciting. I've got a couple questions. Take me back to the imposter syndrome feeling. I know you said it right at the very beginning when you were starting your school and kind of going into marketing and whatnot, there was imposter syndrome, but how did you overcome that to now say, all right, let's get headshots. Let's do this. So I think a lot of it truly stems from the fact that in my heart of hearts, I always knew that this is something that I was drawn to. You know, even if I wasn't acting, well, the reason why I felt such incredible imposter syndrome is that from a young age, I was already performing. Like I remember I would throw concerts for my family and just like sing on a karaoke machine very loudly at home and have no qualms about doing that. I would always join like the talent show at school. I remember in grade 12, my biggest hit was singing a Taylor Swift song on stage playing the guitar. And I loved it. But I think the reason why, specifically for acting, I was like, no, 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 I can't do this, was grade 10. I auditioned for the school play. I had to do a monologue. It's my first time ever having to audition or do a monologue. And I bombed it. Bombed it. I'm sure it's like worse now in my memory than it actually was, but it freaked me out. I was like, nope, can't do it. Goodbye. Acting's not for me. But every time I would watch, you know, one of my favorite TV shows or watch a movie that I loved, I'd be like, God, <laughs> like, I could be doing that. You know, I, I want to be doing that. I, I want to embody these characters. I want to tell these stories. And it wasn't until I would say like, I mean, even now I still sometimes feel the sense of imposter syndrome, but it was very much like repeated exposure to not only be like doing classes, let's say, but, you know, shooting small, silly things with friends and stuff. And my coach would be like, you just acted. You're not an imposter. You are an actor. You just acted. And it was good, you know? And so I think I had to keep hearing that. And for, you know, to have a support system of 
my friends and my partner who, you know, are all actors and they're like, you're here with us. You're doing the thing. You are an actor. Wake up, (laughs) you know? And I remember like being in a trailer a few months ago and just sitting there being like, I'm currently in the base camp for a TV show, sitting in quite of a large trailer that was much bigger than my role like needed because it was just an actor role. But I was like, I am an actor. It just like, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. It was just, <laughs> it was kind of a crazy revelation and it was almost like something that I have been slowly waking up to. And I knew too that I couldn't, I knew on my deathbed, whenever that might be, if I ever looked back and had not made an honest try and put my heart into acting for real and pursuing it, it would have been a major, major, major regret. So yeah, it was just like now or never. Yeah. Pull the cord, pull the rip cord, jump. Are you the type of person who like, do you need like a definition? Cause I know for me personally, my kind of type A analytical science brain is like, I know I'm a medical doctor because mm-hmm. it says on that really expensive piece of paper that I have hanging on my wall, medical doctor, which doesn't really exist in the entertainment world, the acting world. Like, it's almost like you need somebody to come along and be like, I dub thee an actor, right? <laughs> like, or now you may get headshots. Now yeah. you may get an agent. Congratulations, you are now at that level. Yeah. Was that something for you? Or did you, did you just need your creative friends to be like, hey, Carrie, sorry, you're already an actor, get going. Well, and it's funny you say that, right? Because I think a lot of actors also struggle with, am I booking a job? Mm. Am I booking jobs to define me as an actor? And, you know, my coach is really good because he would really try to impress upon everyone to be like, even if you're auditioning, even if you're not auditioning, but you tell stories and you perform and you share a piece of yourself you are an actor. And for a very long time, I definitely did struggle with that because to your point, yeah, like I went to business school, I worked at an ad agency, I had a business card that showed me what I was. So I completely relate because I was like, this is what I am. And for a very long time too, I was very much defined by my job. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people say that like, oh, you know, like what if you strip all those things away? Like, who are you as a person? I'm like, I don't know. I work in advertising, <laughs> you know? So yeah, being an actor, is it is this definitely like this kind of gray area, but it has taken a lot of like outside resources kind of giving the definition to say, no, you're an actor and you've been one for a very long time and you will continue to be as long yeah. as there is a drive in you to perform and to share a part of yourself with people. Yeah. Was there a physical thing that said, ah, here is what I've seen. Now I can quit my marketing job. Now I can do full-time acting. Was there a defining moment either physically, like some people have said, I now make this much money and I can be an actor or I now book this many roles and now I can quit. Like, or was it psychological? My gosh, a lot of it, a lot of it was mindset. I guess there was a defining moment in the fall. I booked a national WestJet commercial. Yeah, you did. We see yeah. it all the time. Well, that's exactly it. It's yeah. because so great time and commercials interesting, right? Because there's a sense of immediacy to seeing what you just shot versus TV or film where you might not see the thing that you were in like until like two years later, which is the plight of us actors who need footage um, and immediate gratification. Exactly. So not only was it quick from being on set to then seeing it, but it had a big media buy. And so I was getting, you know, pictures of my friends and family's TV screens from like people who I hadn't even talked to in years being like, is this you? And I was like, oh my God, people are seeing me acting. And it's funny because it wasn't even like, I wouldn't call it my most outstanding performance to date either, you know? And part of that, I would say, is just editing choice of the tape that they ended up going with. But that was a big moment to be like, oh, not only, you know, am I acknowledging 
that I'm doing this, that my my circle of people are acknowledging that I do this, but outside sources are giving this sort of recognition and validation. And I'm the kind of person who like likes sort of like validation and acknowledgement. Right? Of course. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, whoa, this is interesting. But aside from that, it's taken a lot of mindset work. And mm-hmm. I'm like you type a logical analytical i have spent the last two years and the pandemic has helped with this really planning for this transition right like i have no you know misgivings or you know these wild thoughts that i'm going to get guaranteed income from acts we all know this industry it fluctuates quite a bit but the last two years, I spent a lot of time saving and preparing and knowing that, okay, I'm making this decision. I'm prepared. You know, I really put in a lot of effort to, and again, like my advertising career afforded me the ability to do that, right? So yes. to actually be able to like put money aside and go, okay, I'm just, you know, I'm rolling back on my spending. I'm actually going to put this money aside every month so that I feel for my own sake, comfortable in making this leap and even like oh and i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god like i'm gonna do like i have money which is not true because i i do i like plan this out very well but again it's it's all like the mindset stuff too because it's like even though i had prepared myself for a while it took me a long time to be like no now you can do it (laughs) well i think in society in general is pretty unkind to people who choose art and you know because i think people see art as you know a passion and a pastime which it is beautifully for a lot of people Mm -hmm. but as soon as you make it into a business people get confused i think Mm -hmm. and like that's where i think people like yourself who have this type a logical mindset planning mindset can just thrive in recognizing that this is a business you're not just coming at this willy-nilly and can allow the creative artist to flourish but also be really practical in the fact that yeah the audition is the job but also you need the money to survive yeah i've had a lot of thought about that because you know traditionally when you think of people who are full-time actors you think oh you know there's also a server or they work some other kind of part-time job And it has to be that way because that's what gives them the flexibility then to, you know, change a shift in order to go to an audition or do an audition or or go to set or whatever. And this last year, last two years have really shone a light that that is a very archaic way of thinking, Mm. you know, because for me now, in order to feel prepared and comfortable and confident that I can actually do this is part one is acknowledging that actors should never only be actors. Because, A, you're not going to be a well-rounded person in doing that. And then also, you need that to bring to your performances. But B, or two, is that, yeah, it's not like a, unless you're like a booked series regular, and even then, you know, stability is like imaginary in the acting industry, you're going to need support from other places. But I think that the secret sauce is, How do you figure out what those other streams of income are going to be that are still aligned to what you want to be doing Mm -hmm. and that ultimately serve your craft? So something that I've been like preparing and in development for right now is I want to get into working with more actors from a coaching perspective. I'm looking into doing more production things. I'm looking into a demo reel service that I can provide to people and really trying to like use a, the skills that I have and the foundational things that I can bring over from, I love how you call it, your first act, but then do the things too that then serve the acting part of it in order for you to feel like you can flourish and focus on the craft and then not be worried about the things that, you know, people have to worry about, like money and surviving and eating, but give yourself the space, but do it in a way that is, well, creative. We're creative people. So how can we do that in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, kind of answers 
completely my question I love to ask people is what you're bringing from your first act into acting now and the similarities between the two. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's so exciting, the creativity that you can pull from what was a quite a creative first job, right? Into what yeah. you're doing now. And also what you're doing is going to help serve the acting community in general with your expertise from the first act coming into the second one with everything you're going to be doing. And that unique skill set is just going to benefit not only yourself, but all the other actors who are going to come in touch with you. So Mm -hmm. that's really exciting. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I love that you bring that up because that advertising is quite creative and that was purposeful, right? Like Mm -hmm. I went to Richard Ivey at Western Business School Mm -hmm. and most of my fellow students came out to work in investment banking, consulting, finance. And I always looked at that stuff and I was like, no, no. What's the most creative option that I can do? While still I'm in business school, fine, whatever. That was like what my parents wanted for me. But what's like the most creative version of this? So I went into marketing and advertising because that was actually what gave me the opportunity to be creative. And I worked on some pretty fun brands and, and cool projects and I was an account director, so I was in client relationship management, not necessarily like copywriting, art direction, all that. But I got to work with so many different people, such smart people, such talented people, creatives, strategists, even the clients that I worked with. And the thing about this creative industry is that everyone has very much wildly different personalities. And specifically in my role, I have to know how to work with and respond to every single one of those personalities to get the best work out of them. Mm. And that is exactly what you have to do in acting as well, too. You know, like you have to work with so many different types of people and acting is just reacting. You know, you, you get what a person is giving to you and you give back a response, which is also why I love improv. But I love that because there is that sort of like, it's just another people industry, people-based relationship-based industry. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing I've learned from talking to people with this show, and I know I say that about a lot of things, but it is all about who you know, Mm. but it's not that negative nepotism way that a lot of people think the industry is, which, yeah, of course that does exist, Yeah, but it is all about who you know and who you make connections with. Yeah. And people want to work with good people, good, friendly colleagues, not just in acting, as you know, in medicine, in marketing and business, you want to work with people who are nice, collegial, generous humans. So don't be the opposite of that because then word gets around and then nobody's going to want to work with you anymore. Like, why would they? I wouldn't. And people want to spend time with the people who are nice to spend time with. Of course. And I think having that opportunity to have what you had as your first career allows you to, I think, extrovert your career a little bit better because you've had that experience dealing with other types of humans, not Mm -hmm. just other actors, not just other, you know, now I say like, it's not like going to theater school is a bad idea. I'm very jealous of people who got to go to theater school. It sounds like it's a lot of fun. But I think like you were saying so much about acting is building a character from your own life experiences Mm -hmm. and everything that you've had in your life just contributes to that. Everything is an input. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good one. Yeah. Has there been anything really surprising about the industry for you? I mean, a lot of it is first is this notion of acting as a business. Because I don't think most actors are tuned into that way of thinking but when you recognize that that's the truth then you know that you as the actor are the product and it's kind of a cold way of looking at it for a lot of people because acting is very emotive and emotional but especially with someone who with like me who has the marketing brain it actually really helps me put that in perspective because then the product or the person that you're putting in front of people needs to be the best that it can be. And how do you become the best that you can be? One is your craft and 
in order to be really good at your craft, you have to be working at it every single day. And I remember that when I was in class and someone said that, a lot of like minds were blown. And I think even now, a lot of people like don't really think about that. But every other artist career works on their craft every single day. Even if it's just for like 15 minutes. But sometimes I know actors who just like don't, you know, if they're not constantly auditioning, let's say, they just like don't act for weeks. And then they're like, they come back into it and they wonder why they feel kind of rusty and uncomfortable and like the words aren't coming out right. But the reality is you have to work on it. Whether that is, you know, putting yourself on tape for whatever reason, reading a play or a monologue, taking a class, watching content and appreciating what other people are doing and consistently doing that. And that for me, like even now, I'm like, oh, yeah, even as I'm saying that, I'm like, did I tape myself today yet? No, I should do that. But the other part of it is then in order to also have the best product that you can be is you have to protect your aura. And I don't think enough people talk about this is that if you're not taking care of not just your physical health, your mental health, but also your emotional health, you can't show up to give your best and to give a performance, whether no matter what kind of performance, what genre, but you have to sort of make sure that you are to the best of your ability, you and the best you in order to deliver something that's going to impact people and connect people and have people look at you and go, oh, I relate to this person. That for me was the biggest thing. <laughs> and even now I'm still kind of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you do to work on your emotional health? This is something that is a big challenge for me right now to figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. Because what I learned most, especially in the back half of 2021, because my ad work got very, very busy, is, you know, I've always, you know, advertising is a pretty grueling industry. It can be. We often, and it's funny that I'm saying this to you, we often have to tell ourselves we are not saving lives. Because sometimes it really feels like it's life or death if something is off schedule or over budget or client wants something, but either someone just disagrees or we don't have time to do it or whatever, whatever. And it gets very, very stressful. And there have been years where I would work 12 hour days every day, weekdays, weekends. And, you know, back half of 2021 got very, very busy. So there would be days where I would work 12 hours again at home, sitting in front of a desk at home, working from home. And then shut off the computer and still have to prepare an audition, sometimes more than one, and tape until like whatever hour at night, and then find a way to go to sleep and then do it all over again the next day. Mm -hmm. And I got very run down. And you know, you always, anyway, you show up as where you are, who you are, you are enough no matter what happens turn on the camera and you do your best and that is enough. But I could sense a difference in my work doing that versus a day, you know, when I was able to just wake up and focus on me, you know, actually wake up and make breakfast and take a shower before I like sat down and got to work on something. And it's a game changer. And that's not to say that, you know, We all do have busy lives, but it is about then making some decisions to not just try to structure a life that works a bit better for you, whether that's finding more efficiencies or actually carving out time where you get to take that time for yourself. Mm. You know, and for me, a lot of it is walking my dog brings me a lot of peace as well too so I try to make sure that I make time to do that although when it's cold that I'm like I say to my partner can you take him out (laughs) I don't want to go out there 
But, you know, right now I'm trying to now, especially too, since I'm not tied to a traditional like office working schedule, I let myself sleep in and try to get a bit more rest. You know, if I want to read something, if I want to watch something to just sort of like just heal me emotionally and try to get me into a better mood, for example, I'm trying to do more of that Mm -hmm. before I get into, you know, productive mode and then trying to like, you know, churn something out, for example. And it's hard for me because that's someone who also is very much go, 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 very long to-do list, trying to do as much as possible in a day. Taking care of myself has never really been a big priority, but it needs to be. And, and again, mm-hmm. I think that's it's because I can see the difference in my work from when I do and when I don't, that that is one of the, like, that's why it's one of the biggest surprises to me about acting is to really witness and understand that the way that you are affected comes out in your work. Interesting. Yeah. I think for people who tend to be driven, the downtime can be guilt inducing, I think. Absolutely. Because right? yeah. we're constantly bombarded with look at what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And you're currently not. So therefore you're behind. Yeah. But I think, yeah, what I found interesting about acting was I thought, okay, I go out for a lot of like stressed out mom roles and stuff like that. If I'm feeling stressed, I'm not going to go and meditate before I take my audition. I'm going to go in with stress because that's Mm going to be authentic, which completely is not true. Mm -hmm. I found like my brain was just on such overdrive that nothing productive or creative could come out of the insane stress that was going on in my brain. It took turning everything off to be able to authentically turn on stress. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does. Because that's the thing is that like, all you need is to know what it feels like to have been stressed Mm -hmm. at some point. And you can easily access that again. Mm -hmm. Whenever, Mm -hmm. even if you're in the most calm state, you know, through muscle memory, what that's like. So Mm -hmm. you're right. It's in the sense that like you can give yourself the time to reel back and to rest and relax and then Mm -hmm. kind of come into something like that, which is fascinating. Yeah. So tell me, where are you right now in that journey of like first act, second act kind of thing? Yeah, it's a struggle. And everything you're saying, I just my gut was like, oh, I echo, I feel it, I feel what you're saying. There's a huge fear for me, at least, well, fear and guilt, especially in with medicine right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I do really enjoy my medical practice, mm-hmm. not so much in a pandemic. I don't think there's a single healthcare worker out there right now who's enjoying their career. So a lot of us are like, I don't want to do this anymore. But, yeah. you know, pandemic aside, I do enjoy it. But I really enjoy acting. But I'd been told, similar to you, if you have your feet trying to balance in one of two buckets, you're going to mm-hmm. slide, right? And not be able to mm-hmm. give 100% to either. So I'm rambling on in the fact that I don't really know because there's a guilt associated with not doing as much medicine. There's yeah. a fear about money, for sure, which is ingrained yep. in me from a cheap Irish upbringing household, right? Money, mm-hmm. money, money. And then societal pressures, but mm-hmm. also a feeling of, I spent my entire 20s and most of my 30s training to be a doctor, Mm. and now I'm not enjoying it. You better enjoy it because you spent your glory days stuck in school trying to be this, right? There's this weird feeling of, why aren't you liking this? You spent so much time doing this. And then it turns out it's not as great as what you thought it would be. So it's a weird that's me rambling on to say I need to spend more time within myself and with, mm. you know, my therapists and stuff like that to figure yeah. it all out. Yeah. But there comes a time I agree with you when you can't just keep saying, Oh, acting is my creative outlet, <laughs> which it is, but it's also a job I want to do. And I think that's the clincher, right? Yeah. Is that if you were totally fine with it being an occasional hobby, you yeah. know, if you have the time submit to an audition maybe land it and if you get it you get it if you don't whatever and if you're okay with that 
all the power to you, to everyone mm -hmm. who feels that way. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like you're like me, which is that, no, it's not enough. It's not but enough. I think it's really interesting what you're saying about like you've spent so much time and investment into becoming a doctor. It's like, you have to enjoy it. But people change. I know. Yeah. The things you like change. Yeah. Or you get there and you're like, hmm, this isn't really what I expected or was promised or hoped it would be. And that's okay. Yeah, and I think that feeling of being okay with that, it takes a, I think that's the tough thing. That's yeah. the struggle. And I yeah. think the admission of that feeling is vulnerable as all heck, right? It's yeah. terrifying. So do you have any advice, therapist Carrie, do you have any advice for somebody who is thinking about switching into more of a creative career or switching into acting from something else? Well, I feel that I can only give advice from the perspective of the kind of person that I am yeah. in the sense that I am a very type A, pragmatic, logical, functional, prepared person. Mm -hmm. And the only way that I was able to get through it was through planning, thinking about every single possible outcome, scenario and even then i know that i haven't really done even as much work as like my type a brain kind of wants to do at some point you have to just trust and have confidence but for me i had to do the financial planning i had to do the saving i had to know that really right now if all of 2022 i don't make a single dollar from anything i would be okay because mm. i planned and I saved. And I also know that I have, you know, friends and family who are, have always been very supportive. So they needed to help in some way that it's not impossible. And now what's interesting is that what I was going to ask you is, do you think that there is any, because I just don't know, in your field, is there an opportunity to do something occasionally? Because for me, one of the things that has given me some sense of comfort is knowing that, okay, I walked away from my full-time contract as at the ad agency, but more and more there are freelance positions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm running low on funds, I could take on a contract that might last two, three months, just kind of depending on the length of a project, when something new needs to go live, do that, get that bit of funds, and then back on my merry way, you know, because the thing is, I have 10 years of experience in this industry. It doesn't just go away yeah. in an instant. And maybe there's something about something you said about trends or in the medical field, maybe like latest sort of research or whatever. I don't know what it is. But if there's an opportunity to do that, then I know I have I have a plan. I have a backup plan. I have a backup backup plan. You know, like I would be very happy also just picking up a part time job at an indigo. Stacking yeah. both. I've always said that, you know, where I'm just like, oh, I just, I'm having a very stressful day in my ad job. I should just go stack books and then indigo and have my name on like a staff pick sticker and put it on a book that I like. And that's my life. Oh, it's um, like a dream. Right? Yeah. But that's the thing, right? Is that if it's about money, there will always be a solution. Yeah. And I look at someone like you. And my partner has had to say this to my face before, too, because he said to me, you are a very smart person and you are very capable. You will not ever truly know struggle because you have your wits about you. You're a very mm -hmm. intelligent person. You've spent the last over a decade, I would assume, studying to be in the medical field. Fine. <laughs> you, know? I, you know what? Yeah. You sound and your partner sounds like my partner. Absolutely. And you hear it from people left, right, and center. And exactly that. I've also managed to mold my career in such a way that it is quite flexible to have auditions and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things where you can say it to me. And I wonder if it's the same way. You can say it to me all you want yeah but it's just not quite there yet mentally yeah. for me to be like yeah. 
you're right and then actually feel like it, you're right. I can say, yeah, 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 you're right. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But I'm not at that point mentally, I think, yet to say it and truly believe it. It's going to take time, right? Oh, like, yeah. this is what I mean is I, I've had this internal think track about a shift, a transition, or any just sort of like just more waiting on acting than any than you know in advertising mm-hmm. for years, years, you know. And I'm glad that I finally did it, but it took time and it took a lot of. I also did a lot of mindset work in 2021. I took a really incredible course from an American actor, Wendy Braun. Have you ever heard of her? Yes. How do I know that name? She, blonde, kind of blonde, kind of cropped uh, hair. red hair, red hair, red hair. Yeah, I think I may have seen her on social media. I think she might be like fifty. She does not look fifty. Mm-hmm. Actress now based in LA, and every year, actually soon, February, she runs a course called Success Breakthrough Workshop, and the mindset work in that course incredible because it it really made you made me understand what are my limiting beliefs. And doing the work then to try to break those down. Because at the end of the day, it's not that you don't know that you're capable. It's that over your lifetime, you've built up voices in your head. Some of them might be your own voice of those little things in your head that are still going to stop you, that are going to ride the wave of your ego and go, you know what? I have those dreams, but it's safe where I am. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not until you kind of go, it's repeated exposure. It's also, you know, the sense of like going to therapy and trying to hear the same things over and over and over again until it becomes like the new status quo of what you believe in order to convince you to make that leap. And I think that I feel very lucky that I got there because I think a lot of people struggle with this, right? Where that there's just something that they want to do, whatever it is, but they just don't in their heart of hearts, like they can't get over those things in their mind to really believe it. But I think that it takes a lot of that work to break down those blocks and understand where they're coming from. And do they have any truth to them? Mm -hmm. And if they don't, then it's just about chipping away at them until it feels like you know, you turn a mountain into a mound that you can actually overcome and you go, okay, now I feel good about getting over that. Yeah, I don't think that was luck. I think you put in immense amounts of work. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, sure, maybe like a little bit of luck, but like you actively sought out to do the work. Yeah. And that's what it takes. Good on you. And yeah. thank you for saying that because, you know, I just, we just saw this, there's this one Peter Dinklage quote that's been going around lately about how he hates the word lucky because, you know, people look at his career and they go, oh, you're so lucky. But no, like he worked for it, right? Like everything that mm-hmm. he has now, you know, he put in the steps and the effort to mm-hmm. get there. And I think you're right, right? It does actually also take the decision, that moment when you decide and you go, no, I am going to work on this, at least put in the effort to try to change and to get to that outcome and things will start happening, right? Like that's the whole notion of manifestation. Like if I think about, you know, me having a successful 2021 and acting, and that's just by my own definitions of success, it started with the fact that I started 2021 being like, no, I am going to actually work on this. I signed up for that workshop this time last year. And I think that really like, deciding to work on my mindset, deciding to be like, no, I'm going to try to make this a reality, made it into a reality. Mm -hmm. I love what you just said there with what you defined as success, right? Mm -hmm. Because that kind of pivots all the way back to what I was asking you, like, what was the checkbox you had to check off before you could say, now I can start acting full time? It's like, no, no, no. Like there it was, right? You are defining what success is for you as an actor. And I think, yeah. (laughs) So I always ask three questions at the very end, just to wrap things up. Cause usually we get kind of exactly what we did deep into the therapy session. Cause a lot of people went through some tough struggles to go from first to second act. So my three questions are a little bit lighter. So my first question is, do you have any really fun 
memorable, funny, hilarious story from your time on set? Or it doesn't have to be on set. It can be anything within acting. I mean, I don't know about like hilarious. Something definitely very memorable, though, is right before the holidays, I got cast on a new medical drama that's coming that mm-hmm. just come out, which you know about. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I didn't, it's just, is an actor, I don't want to say just, it's an actor role. Episode's coming up in probably a month. But the lead on this show is one of my all-time favorite actresses. Like, all-time. All-time. But the character I got cast as doesn't even have a scene with her. It's with one of the other leads, which is fine. It's totally, totally great. But I was like, oh, my God. It's been my dream. One of my dreams to, like, you know, work on the same show as her. And I was like, it's actually happening. And never saw her on set, but walked past her trailer a couple times, and I just, like, fangirled so hard. And when you walk into the production office, there's a board that says, like, you know, who's shooting for this episode. And I saw her headshot at the top, and mine, oh, my dog's growling, mine right underneath, like, in that same column. And I was like, is this real life? You know, again, it's not like I was like even in the scene with her. I didn't even see her on set, but I knew she was there. And, you know, now we're going to share a credit. And I just think that that's really cool and fun. (laughs) That is, again, how you define success is you like, that is awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. Fantastic. Well, that's exactly it. Right. Like it's actually a major win, but for some, they would be like, oh, it doesn't even count, but no, it counts for me. Yeah. It should count for everyone. (laughs) A next question would be, oh, as side, I'm very excited to see you on this show. <laughs> and I'm going to promote it. It's good, Sam, everyone. It's good, Sam. Yeah. Next question would be, what would you say your parents, loved ones, or guardians, how would they describe what you do for a living? So one of the things that you said earlier, I can't remember exactly now, but it made me think of the fact that I come from an immigrant family. Okay. And I went to business school because I already was like, I don't want to be a doctor or a lawyer. I will go to business school. And for years, you know, my dad's like, oh, acting, just a hobby, whatever. No one can do it. But now it's funny because he still doesn't really acknowledge this as like a thing, just something I do for fun. But, you know, he's going around sharing the link to my WestJet commercial with my aunts and uncles in Hong Kong or like another commercial that I did earlier in the year. And I don't know how he would describe it, actually, what it is that I do. I think he would just say that I'm playing, um, playing. So I think that that's funny because I feel like it's something that I've had to deal with for my whole life in Mm -hmm. terms of like the arts and what it means to my family. Yeah. But my other loved ones would say that, <laughs> you know, I'm like sharing a part of myself, you know, I, and I feel like I have stories in me that I want to tell. It's also why I've been getting into production and working on developing some short films and some series ideas and stuff, too. I filmed the short film, wrote it, directed, produced, starred in it, 2020. And in 2021, it got into film festivals and won some awards and stuff. Very, very exciting. Um, but thank you. It's exciting though. Cause I feel like it is me telling the stories that I want to yeah. tell, you know? Yeah. So that's what I would say. Like my partner, my friends would say that I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Storytelling. <laughs> is there anything right now? It doesn't have to be related to acting that you're really excited about. That's kind of getting in the midst of this fifth, sixth, whatever lockdown we're in right now. That's getting your fire going anything exciting well yeah i think it is the fact that like for the maybe the first time ever in my life like my future is kind of in my own hands in terms of like especially what this next year is going to look like right like mm-hmm. you know there's always going to be outside factors and you know things out of your control especially in this industry but you know i am looking into the things that i can control right so you know in addition to acting which part of that is 
you know, actually having more time for my craft. I want to take more classes. I want to meet more actors and work with more people. But the production part of it, I'm really excited. I have a, a script that I'm going into pre-production for starting in the next couple of weeks. So that's very cool. And then I am trying to kickstart a coaching business for other actors and stuff. So there's a lot of like new kind of opportunities that I've never really had just the time to explore and figure yeah. out what I could be doing, what opportunities there are. So I'm very grateful right now for that time. And finally, I guess the freedom to do it and to make each day what I want it to be. Yeah. Well, that segues really nicely into my final question. Is there anything you want to promote? Oh, I feel like it's hard because especially with things that like you tape, but then you don't know when they're coming out. It's very hard to like say like what's happening. Timeliness wise, by the time this episode comes out, <laughs> hopefully there will be a, have been a couple of shows that, people will have been able to see me on or will get to see me on if they go back to it. So this week, actually, there's an episode of Coroner that I play an autopsy tech. Oh, fun. Yeah, very cool. fun. I was fully decked out in like N95, like scrubs, hats, gloves, everything. Cool. So that's exciting. I will be on an episode of Good Sam. There is a film that I was a part of that shot up in Sunbury. Uh, nice north of normal not sure when that's coming out mm-hmm. oh, i remember when that was filming yeah cool yeah and yeah i don't know by then maybe we'll have some of my own production in news to share as well too yeah. so <laughs> oh my gosh there's so much happening for you this is so exciting like Thank you. it's just i don't know it's like every new day there's just something new opportunity for stuff for you it's really cool yeah for you as well Oh, we just, thank you. just make space, open yeah. ourselves up to what's possible, mm-hmm. and do the thing. Thank you for tuning into our conversation, and thank you, Carrie, for being my guest this week. Now, I want everyone to check out Carrie and her partner Will's new venture. Check out at Carrie and Will on Instagram for a link to their free workshop that's happening tomorrow. It's called Three Keys to Unlocking Your Best Actor Life. I will be there, and I hope you will be too. On the next episode of Second Act Actors, I talk with a fellow doctor actor. We talk about moving to LA, emotional restraint, doctoring, acting, doctoring while acting, everything. What we chat about has been so life-altering for me when it comes to my acting. You do not want to miss it.